Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is Single Moms, Choices and Challenges. I'm excited to be here today with two strong, independent single moms who can share their particular stories and challenges. Both have been part of the Family Time Program here at B'nai Torah Congregation, as well as the Early Childhood Center. The mom who requested the single mom conversation is out with a sick child. So we are sending hugs to Julian Spencer tonight. But I'm happy to be here with Beth Leibovitz and B. Jacobs. I want to hear how you talk about your family to your children and others. Specifically, have we yet arrived at public perception that single parent families are not missing out on something or deficient in any way? B, you get to go first. How does it feel? being in a school, in programs, in the world, as a single mom? With- I don't think it feels any different whether I was in a relationship or not. I agree. Um, she has a lot of people that love her, yeah. and I think that's all that really matters. Um, you know, I, she has yet to... I, she now knows everybody has a mommy and daddy, and I can see the wheel spinning in her head, and I'm dreading. I know it's going to come any day. How old she is. She's three years old. Yeah. And, um, you know, she talks about mommies and daddies and brothers and sisters, and I know she would love to have a brother or sister. I'm just waiting for the, the question, where's my daddy and yeah. where's my brother or sister? And, you know, I plan on telling her that she has all these people that love her, and she has a wonderful family, and, you know... I don't have to go beyond that. You say you're not planning on answering the question, where's my dad? I divert that subject. And again, we've been talking about this a lot in the year, um, in this last year. We talked about it in classes today even. And that is, how do we talk to our children about where you came from? Because the stories are really, really different. Surrogacy is a whole new conversation. And on the surrogacy podcast, we had... The aunt of the the sister in law of the mom mm-hmm. carrying the baby for the family. So when that three year old cousin was on the, was getting out of their carpool um, to go to school, she says to the teacher, "My mommy's pregnant with my cut with my sister and my cousin." And the teachers are all trying to clarify this, like that doesn't make any sense, you know. But then they had to explain, yeah, I mean relationships are not simple and families 
I want, my big takeaway from today is I want everybody to feel like your family is whole and maybe we around you in schools and programs and families and stores or wherever haven't done a really good job of honoring and being inclusive of families that come in all shapes and sizes. Um, so, um, yeah, she's, you know, we know Lucy is deeply loved and that you have a big, I mean, you have a whole Yeah, she has her, her grandparents and her family and lots of friends, and yeah. I think she feels like she's got a pretty complete life. Yeah, and, and somehow you're going to say some families come with daddies and some families don't come with daddies. You know, it's that. Yeah. So, Beth? Uh, my daughter is, my older one is almost four, and yes, we have experienced the where is and why don't I have. Um, unfortunately, my dad also passed away, so it's a little bit harder to have that male influence for her, but we have a lot of good friends and a lot of, a lot of people. Like B, we have a tremendous village that is beyond compare. People who really stop their lives to come and spend time or stop by even if they might not have time or make a a time to have an activity or do something with my kids because they just love being around them. Yeah, and it's yeah. nice for my... I don't think that they really miss yet that there's no parent. I, I mean, when I was working, I used to work 14, 16-hour days outside of the home. Uh, I think a lot of parents, there's that... the One parent or the other is really out of the house a very, very large part of the day. Yeah. So at least in my kids' case, you know, they, they don't yet know what they're missing. Um, my older one will start asking, and I, I try and explain to her that families like everything and everybody come in different everything, and that we just accept and we kind of move towards a place where maybe we, we don't have the mommy and daddy only. We have grandparents raising kids. I know aunts and uncles raising nieces and nephews or cousins or extended family. So for us, it's really, we kind of work, we network a lot with other single parent families, whether they're dads or moms. Right. Um, I have a friend out in Minnesota who adopted on his own a son, um, or surrogacy, sorry, not adopted, but he had to adopt because of the surrogacy program um, as well. But we have a whole array of different tools that we use, and I'm probably going to sit down and write some books or write something at some point because there's still a lot of literature and stories missing where it's not the traditional mommy-daddy household, Absolutely. and I really want my kids to feel like they're part of a community. Okay, so we talked before we turned on the mic that you are single by choice mm -hmm. or single by intention. Mm -hmm. um, when you were looking at creating this life for yourself in this adventure, mm -hmm. any doubts, any questions, any, you know? Well, my journey, my adoption journey was fraught with tremendous... I Lifetime TV hasn't even come up yet with a version of our story and how... We worked with some celebrity attorney on the West Coast and blackmail and extortion and oh. changing minds and having babies being brokered to two families or more. Mm. Um, we went, I went through everything and almost every possible scenario, um, which for me was why I hadn't chosen surrogacy because of my age. My eggs were not really super... Uh, viable, mm -hmm. and I, I was going to have an egg donor and, and, a, and a sperm donor, so the child is as biologically related to me as my children are. So mm -hmm. I, I made a, a very specific choice for myself. Um, I almost gave up. My, my older daughter was... Um, 
she, the attorney called me at the very last minute. Another family had changed their mind. Um, never even asked why. <laughs> I learned why after she was born because there were tremendous issues. But for me, the choice part was that I was going to give it one more try after going through what I had experienced for almost two years in California. And as a single parent, you know, the pool is pretty small of available children and mom birth parents who are who are looking for single parents as opposed to a, a tr more traditional two family two couple family mother <sighs> so it ours it mine was quite um a roller coaster journey um it wound up incredibly well but there were times when i thought for sure that maybe i wasn't going to become the mom that i wanted to be and have the children that i wanted to have and and again it's you know, I've only met you in this mm -hmm. semester. Mm -hmm. You know, I see, you know, your glorious mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. I see the confidence and the ease. But I guess we're here today to say, you know what? There's, it's always an emotional journey. And whether that emotional journey is part of the attachment, mm -hmm. of part, part of like growing into becoming the mother that you're going to be, they are the stories that make us who we are. And, you know, I just want to honor that today because there's no easy way to become a mom, to become a family. Um, you know, they, there's a thing called Stages of Parenthood that a woman named Ellen Galinsky wrote, and she says pregnancy is the image-making stage. And for that nine months, you live in that um, who, how would this change me? How, what kind of mother will I be? What kind of child was I? What, what were my parents? You know, you have all that stuff going on. But if you go through infertility or if you go through something that's non-traditional, that nine months can become 11 years or it can become two years of crazy. Or anyways, it's just, and that, I think that that is still a stage in what brought you to who you are and the parent you are today. So... Um, I bow before both of you, and um, but I think the world still needs a lot more information about how um, how you have to navigate in a world that seems to still be carrying the assumption of mom and dad and and you know whatever um, that that family looks like. Challenges after. Um, the babies have come. I mean, we know sleep was an issue. B was on the sleep podcast, and it's one of my favorites. <laughs> but um, is there, so you go through this image making, but then you get to go to the attachment and the parenting. Um, is that, how is that different? That's or a not. hard question to answer because <laughs> I don't know from anything else. Like, I hear a lot of, um, you know, my other mom friends that are married complaining about their husbands not doing enough. I wish I had someone there not doing enough at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know from having someone that's going to come home and put my daughter to sleep. Like, mm -hmm. I just know I have to suck it up <laughs> and get it done and, you know, just, you know, and, you know, make it work. So... Do you, I mean, you don't have to answer this, but it's like I see the joy in your relationship with your children. Um, I know it's hard and would never take that for granted, but does it ever feel like too much or is it like the suck it up is like, no, no, it's me and I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. You know, like it's not like, how does that, 
Um, I mean, I honestly, I mean, I'm sure I feel that at times, but yeah. I honestly just, I don't, there's, you don't have a choice. Yeah. You know, if, you know, for me, if I have to get work done, but she's up screaming and crying and sick, it's okay. I'm not sleeping tonight. It's yeah. like, yeah. you just, you, you just, I had someone that I work with. I remember I just, I don't know, it was late one night. We were both at the office and I was just nervous. And we were talking and I remember, you know, this guy telling me, he's like, you'll make it work. And I always remember, I always remember him saying that, like, you make it work. Like, it just, you know, dinner has to get made, laundry can wait. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you just, you make it happen. I mean, sometimes I went from, you know, being a workaholic to now I'm just like, you know, it's all right, I have to leave. I took my daughter from school, you're going to have to wait. Yeah, ice cream night. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Beth? Well, I'm 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 in a similar. I, I don't really even think about it um, that I that there's nobody else there. It just and it's is there nobody so, else there? No, like, I, I, I do. I have def- very I have help. I mean, I have great friends. help and friends and grandma who's constantly there and aunts and uncles and all kinds of. There's so many people. My kids, fortunately, are very good sleepers. So my sleep deprivation <laughs> is totally related to my monkey brain or whatever is mm-hmm, going on mm-hmm. with me. My kids have been very good sleepers since a very early age. And I used to be a workaholic. I work from home now. I, I honestly think that my work is more now like play because I just don't get as much done. And I acknowledge it and I sort of honor it. And I I did save a lot, so I knew I was going to be on this journey, so I didn't have to. For me, I don't. I, I could take a little bit of time off and really focus on my kids because I didn't wait this long to have them so that somebody else could raise them. I have great help, um, people around all the time. So I don't really, you know, my dad was never home. Yeah. Um, we had family dinners, and, and then he would either go back to his office or he would go relax in his chair. And my mom didn't have, you know, we, so we, I guess we kind of grow into, we do it, all parents do it, whether they're moms or dads or aunts or whomever it is. They, we do it and you get it done because it's part of... Well, I think because the perfect family, the perfect this is going to be easy isn't true for anyone. You know, like this podcast is about celebrating the messiness of life with kids. Whatever you plan, they've definitely (laughs) turned it upside down and backwards. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, it's almost like because your life has taken this other course... You, you're not comparing it to this myth out there of how it was supposed to be. Um, so it's almost like maybe you have more freedom, um, emotional freedom that way. You're liberated from One that. positive thing I think about being a single parent is I see other friends of mine, you know, their husbands come home from work and now they want to tell them everything they did wrong and tell them what they should be doing with the kids. I love that I don't have to co-parent. It's my way or that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. I say you know, that you, often too. I say it, it often as well because I, if somebody were undermining what I was thinking or somebody were going in a different direction, kids sense that and they, they eat that up. And then, I'm very know, happy. It, yeah, it's, yeah, there's, for me, there's no, there's no other opinion. I, I'm type A or triple A or whatever. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's kind of my way. And But I think, you know, my kids are pretty, they're, they're okay because of it or in spite of it. And I don't have to argue with somebody else about, hey, they're not going to get to run around right before bed. Like, this is downtime instead of, you know, dad coming home and racing them around. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) we have nobody in bed at at a bedtime. So for us, it really, I don't even really think about that. The times when I think about it are more school and daytime related, where Mm -hmm. there's dad things or there's men, there's male parts of it that for me 
I just I don't have my stand-ins here, so, so it's a little bit difficult. Tell the world, I mean, how just to get should we just get rid of all the man in my life, <laughs> dad? Um, no, I mean, I, I I do feel bad at times that she is missing out on you know certain things because I'm not a dad that I can't do with her, but I. I try to be everything I can. I mean, I don't think we need to eliminate them. No. <laughs> we don't have to eliminate the events. It's no. just, you know what? We every Like you said from the beginning, every family is different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and there are there are families with moms and dads whose dads can't be there for certain yeah. events. Exactly. So there's, exactly. it's just all in there. And so, again, back to entitlement-free, mm-hmm. there's always going to be, nope, everybody doesn't get to participate in everything exactly the same way, and we're all okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the questions I wrote down here, and Beth knew that I had written it, um, do you ever feel like you have to be both mom and dad? And does that even mean anything of what a dad brings? Um, do you seek, you know, those, those other gender role models? I don't to, think, I don't think I seek that, but the one thing I find myself trying to keep up with is the stay-at-home moms. And there's, you know... There's times when, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. And I'm just like, I'm killing myself because I'm not going to work for a few hours. For example, what's what's something that... Like, every you know, everybody texts each other, lets me at the park at 11, so I I don't want my daughter to miss out. So I don't go to work for a couple hours so I can take her to the park, and then i got to run her back to Nana's house, and then i got to go to work, and now I'm staying at work late, and I'm just, you know, spreading myself or stretching myself too thin. And because I don't want... I'm afraid she's going to miss out on stuff, and then there's some times when I'm just like... I just can't do it today. Like today, everybody met to go to the park, and I just couldn't do it. And I felt terrible, but I'm sure she had fun staying at home. Yeah. So. <laughs> Beth? Um, no, I um, dads and father figures and male figures, very important. Um, and I, I do, we travel a lot to spend time with our, our significant male uh, cousins, uncles, friends, close family. Uh, friends, but no, I don't really. I think I have a little bit of a. I'm not exactly like a shrinking violet, so <laughs> I think she kind of gets both um, from from me. I kind of I have my nurturer I have a nurturer, taker. and then I also you know, and in, in my house, my dad was more strict, and my mom was a little bit more permissive. I I get to try and do both, or at least try and you know say no but explain why or so so no I don't I don't really I dads and I don't want anybody to think that I don't think it's important but for me I've gotten so used to this life four plus years later that I I kind of I don't think about it for our for us but it is absolutely it would be it it would be great for her to have a positive male um, role model and we do so exactly. so we, we exactly. do push to spend a lot of time and quality time with them it's not quantity but it's quality yeah. and it's you know and I, I certainly think you know if we had more men in early childhood mm-hmm. that would be awesome just to to break through those gender stereotypes that all teachers are a certain gender mm-hmm. and, um, so we're not doing a very good job of that in our field yet um, but I do think that there is this idea that we're all struggling with, which is just self-defining. I mean, that is our new world with all of the choices that you have, um, is how do we define ourselves in a way that fits for us um, and then keep tweaking it along the way. Um, 
let me, you know, it's, 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 and I know it's a very personal story, but I love the idea that you just moved close to your mom. I mean, I just, because it just seems so. I did everything that I made fun of all my married friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's made my life better. My daughter's life so much better. She's so happy. There was so much shuffling back. Well, you're and on forth. the same street. We're eight yeah. doors away. Okay. <laughs> Probably wow. like less than a thousand. And she can feet run away. down there. Yeah. On and she her does. Own. She yeah. just she goes. I want to go. You know, she wants to show Nana something, and she like has a fit. And at like nine o'clock at night, sometimes we go down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's nice. You know, Nana's been making breakfast almost every morning. Um, I call Nana and say I need two eggs. Like I'm ready for the car to get her to school. <laughs> but it's just she's so happy. This was. I would prefer to be on the beach in Fort Lauderdale, but that's not going to happen for probably 20 years now. This was the best move possible for her. So she's not getting shuffled back and forth in the car, and it's just made life a lot better for her. Again, it's that idea of even once you make your decision to be a single parent household, that just keeps getting tweaked, Mm -hmm. I think, as you learn more and more. I'm doing everything I said I wouldn't do. (laughs) For example? Living down the street from my mother. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I thought I was going to be the strict parent and, you know, we were going to have this routine and there was going to be a bedtime and that was it. And I just find myself so exhausted at the end of the day, like we'll argue and she wins and fine. I'm going to put the TV on. Um, I still can't get her out of my bed. (laughs) But that podcast was about you, though. They gave you the best advice. But you know what? But it's also, let me ask you this in a very open way. Do you have a different relationship with your child and children because it's you and them? Is there a primacy or something? To I that? absolutely think it's different. and It's much closer because it's just her and I. I think if there I mean, was... I think you two are just right. I mean, you're, you are just... You just share... Her world, and she she's my best friend. World. And I always said, "You're not supposed to be friends with your kids. You're supposed to be a parent." But we're definitely best friends, and I'm, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. you are so happy, and she's so happy. Yeah. So again, this idea that there's some right way to do this, that some book tells you to do it. You know, if it's not broken, you don't change it. Um, you you get to do this exactly the way you feel. Um, to do it and, and you know what when you get to to uh, who knows to elementary school or something else this foundation might give you options that other parents don't have I don't know I don't know and I don't have to know you know you get to live it um, Beth does it change your relationship with them and, and then my next question for you Beth will be and you did it twice I did it twice um, once from California and I also like B I I did things that I never thought I would do. Florida was a place that I came to visit my parents once or twice a year, and I was happy to come. <laughs> How do we get to And Florida? I was super happy to leave. Florida was never, like, a living place for me. Um, and then when my older daughter was born, we had some complications, and there was a long hospitalization in the NICU. And I really sat as I was living at the hospital with her, and um, I realized that I'm a single parent, and I have one parent left. I wish my dad were still here. Mm -hmm. And I went home to California and I listed my home and I packed up my home and my dogs and I said goodbye to my my life there, which was 
quite extensive and I, I had three or four offers on some real estate at the time years ago and was waiting just to hear you know if, if an offer was accepted so a lot changed for me right at the beginning um, I don't think I would change a thing I, I still don't love living in Florida but both of my girls are Floridian and I love being near my mom so I'm not moving, but I got her to move a little closer uh -huh. because as she gets a little older, I'd like to be able to keep an eye on her as well. And she's very active and whatnot, but she's moving about 10 minutes away, which for me will be a, a blessing because we'll have more access maybe and more, you know, breakfast at grandma, which would be <laughs> great. Um, but for us, it was, um, for me, it was a very hard decision to leave a place that I loved living in and, and had a life and home and, you know, business. Um, it was a, it was a different decision. And then when my second one came, it was, um, it's added so much. I, I find that for my mom and her friends, um, my children have at being here in South Florida where you don't have, at least I they, I never saw a tremendous amount of small children. It's always interesting to go into a restaurant, you know, a deli or wherever, and everybody ages at like 75 or greater, and then we walk in with, you know, a, a nine-month-old and a, and a three-year-old, and it's sort of everybody, you know, they're so cute, and they come right into their face. It's It's been different. I'm, I, I'm not sure I would have chosen this um, had my older daughter been healthy at birth. I'm not sure I would have gone right home to, to my life in Cali our life in California. But, um, but no, I, I don't think I, would, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I think there's some wisdom in that, too, which is, you know, whatever that plan mm -hmm. is, and no matter how perfect it was, mm -hmm. there's a difference. I mean, both of you seem so content, accepting, and at peace with the choices in your life even given the stresses. And so I think what happens is you realize, like, I mean, what I hear is, like, I had a perfect life, um, but then this opened up a whole nother experience, and I knew that I needed to make a choice, and you went with the flexibility. And that's, I mean, I think that's a secret to all parenting success, uh, but you lived it, and then you, it's like, I, yeah, I gave up things. This is still Florida. You know, it's yes. not, it's not, it's not that other image of who I thought I was and where I was in my life. Right. And yet, um, your children are thriving, mm -hmm. and your mother's, you know, has purpose and meaning yes. and, and togetherness. And, uh -huh. and, and South Florida is changing because all of you mm -hmm. have chosen to come here and bring your children back here. And the intergenerational thing is, is magnificent. Uh, how did you make the choice to have a second child? Um, and you adopted. Yes, I adopted both. Um, my, my choice was really sort of out of my hands. It was, um, I've called my attorney at some point that earlier in what are we, 2016 and I was kind of glib with him all, all the way through the process you know I've got extra kids laying around I'm thinking I might want one more you know I, I was kind of processing how I was feeling I had a two and almost a two and a half year old and it felt like I didn't want to leave her alone mm -hmm. in the world and because there's no other parent and there's no you know I have a large immediate family but you know I wanted her to have a sibling if if she could so I put it out there, and he presented me with a situation, and something in my gut said, no, no. And, and I put it out of my mind, and I thought, maybe this is, my, this is our journey, and it's me and, and, and my older daughter. And, and I really wanted to um, just be okay with it, and I was. 
And on August 9th, he calls and he says, I'm at the hospital. And I thought it was he or his wife who were in the hospital. So I said, oh, I hope everybody's okay. He's like, oh, my God, how quickly you forget. And I, was, I had spoken to him, I think, in February or March. So wow. it was quite a long time um, after. And he said, there's a... Um, there's a, a, a young woman, a teenager, who just brought a, a baby who was born outside to a safe place, like a hospital or a church or a fire station, and um, she's available for adoption. <laughs> Are you interested? And it was kind of, um, it was a defining moment. I, I didn't say yes right away. I didn't say no. And I went up, I asked him if I could meet her because I just wanted to be in her presence and see how it felt because this was going to change everything. I had almost an independent child who was two and a half and we had a different kind. We could get on a plane and go and one-on-one, it's a little different than two-on-one. Um, and um, I met her and the first time I held her, I said, okay, I guess we're having two. <laughs> so when you say nine months with that period where you get to, um, I don't remember exactly what you called it, but that the image making, the image making period, I had exactly like 90 minutes <laughs> to explain yeah, to yeah, my daughter yeah. that in a week we were bringing home another baby. Um, so it was a little challenging. Best surprise phone call I've ever received. Um, I have two beautiful, unbelievable children. They love each other. They are sisters. Um, they are uh, really, really good together and apart. And um, I, I wouldn't, I, it wasn't really a, it was a choice, but it was sort of, um, I sort of put it out in the universe and, and it, it came back. And that, I mean, and the transition bringing the baby home mm-hmm. was, was easy? It was easy. It was, it was, we're, I think we're all in a, like a suspended state of, you know, he called me on August 9th and she, we were finally able to leave the hospital on August 15th. It was sort of strange, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I even had a two month period or a, I had a, a couple of months dealing with a birth mom or expense, you know, it was, it was just, it was crazy. I had like, you so know. So did you have to play catch up after, I mean, in, in, in no. No, because just... I, I'm very open with my, with our, with how I speak around my kids, not trying not to give them too much. My two and a half year old, you know, she probably thinks babies come from a hospital, which is a good thing because most are born at a hospital. Um, she didn't see a tummy or a belly, and she didn't have to deal with the, the dramatics that I had even with her situation or with an, another a birth parent kind of situation. So for us, it was kind of, it, it, it just felt like, again, I put something out in the universe, I let it go, I wasn't attached to it, and when it, when it landed... It was a spectacular kind of everything I could have asked for or wanted was was there. So it was messy in terms of the idea of not being able to plan anything or my family thinking I was crazy. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to the hospital. I'm, you know, picking up my other daughter today. It was like, wait, what are you talking? You know, or or I'm I'm in the process of you know adopting a second child from not having any conversations about it to you know you're going to be an aunt or an uncle. And again. You can put it out there on, mm-hmm. under this podcast, everybody listening. Mm-hmm. There's no one way to do this. Every family gets to write their own Absolutely. story. Absolutely. Um, so let me go to the uh, talking to the, explaining to my family who thought we were crazy. <laughs> and, and that yes. is, do you get weird, not necessarily from your family, we don't have to talk <laughs> about them, um, but just from the world, like just do you have to explain your choices, your um, your life in a way that you wish you didn't have to? You want to I'll take that fast. one. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
I have no problem kind of putting things back at people. You know, some people I'm happy to open up to and explain my journey and, and how I got to where I am. And other people, when they ask me, oh, are you married? And I just say no. And they're like, when, when they ask about, you know, well, doesn't she have a father? Doesn't she need a father? Doesn't and she need yes, a father? Yes. There's the question. And, and my yeah. response is, she has a whole family that loves her, and she's doing great. She's, you know, she's perfect. People and actually say it. I have had a lot of people oh. ask me. I have had a lot of people say more than that and tell me <laughs> that I have had people pull me aside and tell me what a... Um, that I had an obligation to make sure she had a father in her life and that I had an obligation to do certain things. See, I kind of suspected this, but it just still astounds me and, that you have that you have to face this. And I will sit there and let people talk sometimes, and then I will politely tell them that it's really none of their business. My child is just fine. And that, you know, they, you know, you, you don't know the whole story. She's doing just fine, but I've had a lot of pe- people that I was very surprised. I mean, really, we live in a very progressive community. Yeah. You know, we live in, yeah, <laughs> there's some head shaking going on. But it's like, uh, like we don't yeah. live where you think that yeah. we're like decades behind this. I've something. had a lot of people, my situation, because I, you know, I was in a relationship, didn't work out, and, you know, it's just my daughter and I. And I've had a lot of people ask me about child support. And why I'm not fighting for that child support. <laughs> there's and, a, but there's mm. a really great issue that I never even thought of. This whole, like, how can you, as single women, carry the financial responsibility? My daughter of, has everything that she needs. Imagine, but imagine yeah. that assumption yeah. that says, how can you do this without the financial support We're doing of a it. man. Yeah, it's fine, yeah. you know. Of course you are. I've had, a, and you know, just a lot of people really, you know, they, 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 you know, they're really, and I've had women that are really offended by the fact that my daughter doesn't have a father in her life and telling me what a disservice I'm doing to her. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll let them talk, sometimes I cut them off, but I ultimately, I'm like, she's loved by a lot of people, she's yeah. doing just fine. Yeah. And then every now and then you gotta tell somebody to mind their own business. But um, you know, it's, well, we're here to say yeah. hello, world, wake up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, we are in a world where we have you know same-sex marriages. We have all kinds of families in a million different kinds of, you know, everything. And wake up. It's just time. It's just time. But the financial piece, again, it, that is so blatantly mm, sexist. I mean, of course. I have people that are just appalled. Like, they just, they, they don't know how I'm doing it. And that I'm, somehow you might be depriving your children. There's that moral, ethical burden. This is like, oh my gosh, you were depriving them of something because now you have to be the wage earner and the caregiver. She's not deprived. Exactly. 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 I hope that's not an adjective my children would ever use to describe themselves (laughs) either. So, Um, but yes, it's, um, I, I get it. I get. I I try and move away from those because I I like to kind of stay in positive energy. Sort of stay in positive energy and, and monitor what my what hits my children's ears because, because children my children, my especially my four year old, and you'll find that with Lucy. You know, as she gets a little bit older and her ears get a little bigger, she hears everything. My well, these are conversations child. I've had when she mm-hmm. wasn't around. I think right. if she was there, right. I would. 
you know, I'd cut it off. Yeah. Like, okay, she yeah. doesn't need to hear that. But it that. happens in classrooms. It, it happens, happens all over. Yeah. 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 I guess they I haven't experienced yeah. that yeah. yet. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, yes. and, and it's not just in this context, but in yeah. a million contexts, yeah. once you open the world yeah. to, open your family to this world, other people's opinions seep into your children's brains. And it's all manageable. You know, as, as your friend said, you can handle it. You know, mm-hmm. and I believe there's nothing that we can't explain in age-appropriate ways to any aged child. But it's still shocking when you go, they told you what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, my last question for you before we do our wrap-up is, um, is self-care harder? It, 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 how do you juggle your needs in the mix? It's very hard. <laughs> I have completely put my needs aside, and I, to, to, to my detriment, like, you know, for health reasons and just... You know, I I'm I'm working on that right now. Like I, I need to take care of myself. Do you and see a light? Do you see? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, that that's part. That was part of the. Not having to get to the dating part. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was part of the reason why I moved down the street from my mother, so I could start taking better care of myself. You know, whether it was being able to go to the doctors or, you know, go get my hair done. <laughs> you know, uh, shower every day. <laughs> And again, it's a universal, especially when you have young children. But there does come this point where it's like, how will I juggle this back in? You know, and whether your self-care comes from friend-to-friend support, whether it comes from, you know, the extended family or the the friend, the family that you make around you. But, I mean, there's a lot of ways to get self-care. And I, I still remember a mom who was married and in a couple, and we said, you need to take better care of yourself. And it wasn't until her oldest was in middle school that she called me and said, all right, now we're going out because now we're ready to take care of ourselves in a different way. But they, it was like, look, Karen, our, our family is okay just all hanging in this together and putting ourselves on the very back burners. So again, there's no one way to do this, but I want you to, you know, I just want to put out there hmm. It, that is a heart. That is okay. So you're nodding, Beth. Yeah, it's difficult. It's I mean, I wasn't great with self care to begin with because I, when I before my children, it was work that I was really um, over, overrun by. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I try. I do try, and I, I say I have. I I work from home, so different a little bit than B's situation. I kind of I have a little bit of regular help not just my mom thankfully because she would she would stop volunteering quite quite quickly now that I have the two um but yeah it's difficult but um I find that I do a lot of uh, after everybody's in bed it's when I kind of have some downtime and some time to sort of reflect and you know how is today and what am I going to do differently what but I try not to do too much of that all the time because Mm -hmm. then I I got my monkey brain. Again, I don't sleep. So for me, it's um, self-care also comes in really taking, really making sure that my kids know that they're really loved and that they're really supported and that they are so wanted. And, and it's part of, it's part of my journey for healing too, where I get to express to them how much better my life is with my children. And I can't imagine a different path for myself at this point and wouldn't want it any other way. So for me, the self-care is also just being able to look at their little faces, temper tantrum, whatever's going on, and just think, you know what, we'll get past this, and then, you know, I, how grateful am I for the really life well that said. I have. I mean, that, that parenting piece is yeah, self-care, so. Mm-hmm. yeah, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Well, the wrap-up is always the same, and it is, how have you got this? 
for right here, for right now. And and before we get to that, I'll give you you can stall I'll stall you for a second because I I'm, I'm really happy with everything that you shared and everything that was said. But I feel like we've left off the table that whole other section of the parenting choices that that the challenges, if there were any. So we might need a second podcast out of it, and we'll get Julie in here, but I thank you very, very much. And so how have you got this for right here, for right now? I mean, I think you need to just be flexible, and, you know, every day is a new challenge, and you have to adjust, and I find that when I plan, it fails miserably, so I need to just kind of parent on the fly is what goes on in my house. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun that way. I mean, yeah. your smiles are always so big. That's, that is. Um, I, I think that um, I have it. I don't know. I don't know that I have it, but I have some version of something that feels really natural and good. And um, I know that I'm very grateful for my kids. And I think that anybody who has children, for me, it's, you know, you get one chance to kind of make the build the foundation and that's an important thing for me at this point so parenting right now is just making sure that that they always feel safe and and loved and good and that's kind of my joy so So much joy thank you so very much thank you so that's the mess for today we appreciate you listening to see me hear me love me seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.